What's good? It's your girl, Jess Be Real. Welcome back for a, another episode of Jess Be Real Podcast. It's all about money, power, respect. Y'all heard it straight from New York itself. Wild's finest, the locks. But enough of me chatting. Let's get real. My people, my people, how are y'all doing? Another weekend, another Sunday, and y'all are here with me. I just have to say, before I even start this episode, that I am truly, truly grateful for all my listeners, people who tap into the podcast. Um, Surprisingly, I think this is the ninth episode. I think we're like, I'm like two episodes shy from 100 episodes for this podcast, but like, I just got to say, like, I feel like ever since I've been more consistent with my releases weekly, y'all been showing me all the love. So I just want to say thank you. Um, Y'all know I'm novice to this whole podcast lifestyle. I just started it two years ago out the pandemic. I don't got no background in journalism, no background in none of this, like broadcasting, none of this. And still y'all stuck with me. Y'all listen, tap in every week. And I know this because the numbers show me regularly, like, bro. Like, even though, like, I recently just got 5,000 downloads, y'all are showing out. I'm almost up to 5,500 in a matter of three to four weeks, and that's something major. So, like, thank you so much. Season 7 has been so dope to everybody who's been the realist who joined me on the podcast thus far. Thank you so much. I got a couple more guests to join me for this season. And next season, season 8, I got some really, really good people that I've known for a while that are really people who y'all probably wouldn't know because I don't we don't it's one of them vibes where like you don't have to hang out with somebody on a regular basis but y'all it's like remiss it would be remiss if you didn't act like y'all was cool cool peoples I got some of those people for y'all people y'all probably be like wow didn't know just because I probably never mentioned their name but they got some real heavy things going on and I feel like they gotta they gotta share their black excellence and their greatness because y'all know that's what I'm all about I'm all about uplift I'm all about black culture. I'm all about us being the best us we can be and just motivating and informing best way possible. So just thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. Um, Season eight, I already got planned out. I got some stuff. Y'all know I stay with something on my mind. Um, But I'm in like, I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm in like a really, really, really good mood. Um, Surprisingly for somebody who was out late last night. Y'all, y'all know I was out past nine o'clock. I didn't go out the house until 10.30, and I didn't get home until 3, almost damn near 2, 3 a.m. Y'all should be proud of me, because I'll be a grandma, okay? But shout out to my girl, Bree. Um, she had a little a little kickback, as we call it back home. Had a little kickback, had a good little vibes. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a good vibe. I needed it. Um, I need to get out the house more. Y'all know me. I'm such an introvert, but... <laughs> Um, it was good vibes, good energy. And I always feel like when somebody welcomes you into their home, that's something that you don't take for granted because that's their sacred space. Like I'm like that about my space. Like it's very sacred. So whenever I do do a kickback, cause I, like I told you, I used to do kickbacks heavy when I live back in Delaware, it's going to be intimate. Like how Brie had it where it's like, cause I don't want everybody to know where I live. First of all, second of all, the cleanup is annoying. And then I just don't have to clean up physically. I got to clean up spiritually, which means I got to sage my whole crib, even though I shouldn't have to. But you never know what other people's energies might be lingering on the other people's energies that be coming in your space. So, like, I would have a real intimate, real cute with a certain amount of people. But, yeah. So, I just want to say that. I know I'm rambling. I just want to say thank you. Um, and then I want to share with y'all why I'm such in a great mood right now. Like, y'all could probably hear me smiling 
through my teeth, probably. Um, so before, again, we're going to get into the episode, but I just got to get these out because it's on my chest. Um, so this past week has been a crazy week. Um, y'all know with my job, my profession is very strenuous. The first 10 business days, it was ghetto as hell that my ass worked yesterday on Veterans Day because I ain't never worked a Veterans Day as long as I've been in corporate America. So this was the first, um, but it wasn't too crazy. I just wasn't feeling it, but it was 11-11. So hopefully y'all got y'all portals open. It was a vibe, it was an energy. Y'all know it was a new full moon this week as well. So, you know, I do my normal cleansing, my full moon routine and rituals, and, you know, full moon is for you to, I'm going to my astrology shit, full moon is for you to cleanse, release, recharge, you know, start over, start a fresh, start a new within the new full moon. So this full moon was a little different for me because I was a, I was a lot, a lot more intentional about what I was asking for from the universe, what I was asking for from God and the spiritual guides and the ancestors. Um, people probably like spiritual guides and ancestors, aren't they the same thing? No, they're not the same thing to me. Um, Spiritual guides are those who I feel, like for instance, my homegirl Shay who passed away. She's no longer here physically on this earth, but I feel like there's times and moments when I call on her and she's still around and I can feel her spiritually. Um, Same thing, grandmother, but there's others that are like ancestors that I feel where lineage dates back way before my time or, you know what I'm saying? So... I asked for them and I'm like, I was real intentional about that, real intentional about it with my crystals. Um, and I don't know if y'all know, but I keep crystals. Some I, I carry crystals with me as well as keeping crystals in my bedroom and crystals in my home office and my workspace. And um, I was very intentional about how I wanted those crystals to work for me in this full moon. And it's crazy because <laughs> they've been working pretty, pretty great. Um, I have... Even though I'm not a people pleaser, I have learned the art of finding my peace and it's okay to block people. Like you don't have to explain why you're doing what you're doing as long as you're doing it and you know why you're doing it. There's never has been hesitation. I've always let people back in after they show me who they were. And now it's like, nope, you're done. Intent, not giving an explanation. Like Novi Brown said it best. Like sometimes you just gotta cut, you just gotta go ahead and move on and not give no explanation because it is what it is and they know what they know what it is. So I was intent and this week was a little trying. I worked a crazy work week and I was like, get to the point, Jess. <laughs> I got y'all. So it was just crazy. But long story short, at this point, I, y'all know I, I adore Novi Brown. And she's one of my six women that I have on my Shiro wall. And y'all know my Shiro wall is something I just created last month. I've been dying to do it since I moved into this apartment. I wanted my diva domain or my diva den to just be not just a time capsule of black excellence, of black women in excellence, but just a, a area of good vibes, uplift, and motivation. So my Shiro wall or my She Rose wall is like literally over my desk um, in my office. And she's one of the six people I have on my my wall where I literally look up. Yeah, I know I'm a Virgo. Placement means everything. So, like I told y'all before, Tammy Roman, Tasha Smith, Demetri McKenney, Amanda Seals, Simone Mystic, and Novi Brown are all up there, my, my top six women. And Novi released one of her Christmas movies, Gotta Go Watch It, BET Plus. Um, it's called The First Noel. It was so, so good. If y'all haven't either, go check out Spider and Alone in the Dark on Tubi. And I think her movie, Alone in the Dark, just is put on Lifetime, which is big. Um, so... 
I was intentional, so y'all know I posted that, whatever, mad love. Everybody's like, yeah, I should get one. I should make one. And I would recommend that you have, when you're in spaces, like I'm in my home office eight, nine hours out the day. So if I have to be in here because I work from home eight, nine hours out the day, I need the energy to be vibrant. I need the energy to be something that, you know, motivates me, pushes me to want to just be amazing and what I'm doing because what I know right now where I'm at is not where I'm supposed to be, but it's, it's a stepping stone. So I have to have visual aids and motivation to remind me of who I am and whose I am. And after watching the first Noel, y'all know I always show love to Novi because she literally, like I said, she went from EBT to BET. And I, that's a statement that's always stuck with me because that just shows how quick faith, if you keep faith, what it will go ahead and do for you. So I I talked about it and I was like to her, I don't know you personally, but I'm rooted for you, my sister. Like, because like she she started on Tyler Perry Sisters and now to see her in lead roles, like she was a lead in the first Noel. She was a lead in Spider. She was a lead in Alone in the Dark and been working with some great people. And she now has another Christmas movie that's coming out on Thanksgiving where she's working with Ella Joyce, the legendary Ella Joyce. Like, Come on, she's working and working with legends, like black legends and black culture of, of you know, black TV and film. So I show, it was just mad love. So she was like, thank you so much. And I shared with her that I had her on my Shiro wall, like my black woman, you know, my boss black woman wall. And she was like floored. And, like, the love is real. And y'all know, well, y'all don't know. I ain't gonna spill it, but it'll. I'll tell y'all when it happens. But there's something that happened that I'll share with y'all. But I feel like the, the universe is working in my favor. So it was nothing but love. So she was like, thanks, Jess. Thanks for, you know, including me. But I feel like I, she had to be included because the way my wall was set up is from, like, generation, you know, you know, legend from age you know the oldest to youngest so it just shows that they're triple threats in my mind is just see how like you know how things are going and Novi's in her 30s like me so it's very much giving peer kind of vibes so I wake up this I wake up this morning or whatever and you know people don't be on Twitter I haven't been on Twitter like that with this Twitter chaos and I get on Twitter and I see, and I'm like to her, you know what? Thank you for being an inspiration because I just feel like she's an inspiration. So why not have a powerful black woman who's stepping into her own as an astrologer, as, as an actress, if y'all don't know, Novi is a photographer. She is, um, a spiritual guide. She has her own show conversations and constellations that has been picked up. So she's doing her damn thing, right? So, that's what it is. So I get on Twitter this morning or whatever. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So she sent the heart back. Cool. First of all, do y'all know I wasn't paying attention until I was paying attention? Because I'm, mind you, I'm up early from last night when I was out. Told you when I got back late this morning. Do y'all know Novi Brown follows me now on Twitter? Ah! I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm just so elated. Like, Novi Brown. From Tyler Perry's sisters, the one who played Sabrina, the one who played Brie Collins in Alone in the Dark, the one who played Noelle in the first Noelle that was just released on BET Plus, 
The one who does conversations and constellations on YouTube. The one that was literally just in a woman's conversation like two days ago on Revolt TV. What? Are you kidding me? Now, mind you, on, on Instagram, nobody follows no one. But she's one of many like that. Like her, Misty Elliott, she follows no one. Which is damn near close to what I'm about to be doing because I don't be caring. It's, it'd be too chaotic. But... I'm just sitting here like, I manifested this. I mean, I don't know if y'all remember when I was talking about how like she was on Smart, Funny, and Black back in March. And I was saying like, I want to connect with Novi Brown. I want to, I don't know if y'all know, but I was scripting like, I want to connect with Novi Brown. I want to connect with Novi Brown. Mind you, before she followed me this morning, I literally wrote on Thursday night, manifesting. I, this is on my Twitter. I kid y'all not. Manifesting getting Novi Brown on my podcast. I was telling my homegirl, Mia, who y'all know was on the podcast, and she was like, girl, you got this. It's beginning steps. Like, she's gonna, y'all are gonna connect. I know it's gonna be a true vibe, like, because y'all see each other, and y'all know Novi is a Scorpio sun, and I'm a Scorpio moon. So the energy, like how it is in me and Eb, shout out to my sister Eb, because this is her birthday weekend. Um, it's gonna be a vibe. First of all, she follows me. So that's one of my recent tweets. If she goes to my page and sees that recent tweet, are you kidding me? So when I say scripting and manifesting, when I was like, one time I was like, if I ever told you everything that I I wanted this year, I manifested, would you believe me? My cousin was like, yeah, because I'm very diligent. But y'all, Novi Brown follows me on Twitter. Now, don't get me wrong. I have several public figures that are verified that follow me on socials like Instagram and Twitter. But Novi, a person I truly, truly like, I look up to this woman literally every day in my office. <sighs> it's crazy. I just had to share that with y'all. I know it was long, but y'all know y'all fan bam. So I got to share with y'all when, when stuff happens, y'all know I'm honest and real about it, but it's just like, wow, like, wow, like universe is showing out. So Script, y'all. Manifest what y'all want. The year's about to be over. Y'all might have new goals, new year, new me. I don't do that bullshit, but I manifest throughout the year. I speak what I want as if I already have it. And if y'all don't know what scripting is, go look it up. But I highly, highly suggest y'all get into scripting and journaling because journaling is more so speaking of what's going on in the present as of the now as scripting is speaking as if it's already happened and you're speaking it into your future, but it's really your present. That was too much over your head. Dissect it on your own time and Google it. But I highly suggest it. I've been scripting for two years. And everything, when I say everything I wanted, I've manifested it or I've had small victories to that full manifestation, it's real. So send to yourself. Okay, while we're really here, y'all heard Money, Power, Respect by The Locks featuring DMX and Lil' Kim. And this is an episode I've been dying to do because I feel like it's necessary because black people don't get enough of it. It's called Financially Focused. Um, hence, money, power, respect. Financially focused because I feel like black people wait until the trial and the, the turmoil before they realize the true triumph in money and the value of the dollar. Financial literacy is not something that's given. Um, taxes are not something that's explained. Generational wealth is not something that's understood. So in accounting, we have assets plus li minus liabilities equals owner's equity. Basic accounting, debits and credits. And because I do have a bachelor's in accounting and a master's in accounting, 
why would I go ahead and deprive this information and not share it with my people? I feel like that is what the purpose is. I feel like sometimes people get astray where they feel like information that they have, I acquired it, it's mine, but how prevalent and is it good when you're gatekeeping information that can help and better your people? Because the Jews ain't doing it. The Hispanics ain't doing it. So why we got to be the ones that try to gatekeep and not share knowledge that's privy for our people to elevate in their own community? So as an accountant of the last 10 years where I have the ability to speak because I have the pieces of paper about money, I'm going to do so. Being a senior accountant, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all and put y'all on game. So let's talk about being financially focused, okay? Being financially focused... It is true. It is money, power, respect, but money sometimes could be the root of all evil, as I'm pretty sure y'all have heard. Um, you can mishandle it. You can abuse it. You can just use it. It all depends on what you see the value in the dollar and how you put it. So like some people emphasize on the fact like, oh, you got to have money. You got to have this kind of car. You got to have this type of aesthetic. And that's all because money, they feel, makes doesn't create happiness, but does create some type of leeway to be some happy. And power does come with money. You see, Donald Trump was freaking the president, and that's because money talks. Like, when people like, money talks. Money talks. Like, if you, everything, like they say, everything has a price point. Everything has a dollar amount. It's all depending on what you're willing to put towards that dollar and what you're pricing it at. So... And then that with that power comes a respect because if you have the ability to show that money is what you have, then you get the respect automatically because somebody looks at you as some person of power. I don't know how the correlation goes with that money power thing, but I haven't, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I know I'll keep it a hundred. I don't know how they come and where the origins of it are, but trust me, we will double back on it when I do figure that out. If anybody does know, let me know so we can I can go ahead and explain it on probably a part two because I feel like I won't just do a part one. I'm going to give the basis, but I feel like generational wealth needs its own time frame, financial literacy, and when it should start, starts early and like the, the, the value in that, but we're just going to cover the basics. Um... You know, for us as black folks, since day one, there has been a thing where they've wanted our labor for free. You know what I'm saying? They brought us over here against our will to pretty much work for them because there was something within us that we were able to fight diseases to withstand the conditions that their people couldn't withstand. Like, you imagine a white person sitting in the field trying to pick cotton, it would burn to fucking death. But us black folks, given that we still burn, but it would just be a little slower. Like we're able to retain the vitamin D, the the way that we're able, there's a lot, I don't know how to explain it, but it's the way a black person's able to just withstand and just do is because we're just used to it. And like how, I don't know if y'all, like I was talking about the translated slave trade, like the value of our labor has always been something to them that was, it was a price point, but they knew they could manipulate it, if that makes sense. So when the Civil War came about, where they're like, oh, the North is free, da 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 If y'all want to be in the South, y'all should have the same movement. We're going to fight over it, where they started recruiting a lot of us to be on our teams just because up North, y'all are getting paid for the labor as opposed to why work for free in the South when y'all can come up here and get paid to work. You see what I'm saying? Come up here and get paid a dollar a week to clean house. Come up here and get paid to pick cotton rather than just doing it for free. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's really what the Civil War is about. I don't know if y'all knew that. So they literally recruited us to fight for them because we were putting dollars in their pockets. Let, let me revisit as this is why I say when you get your black dollar, put it back in the black community because we give so much money to these Europeans and these clear people that this is what they prey on when it comes to us. So we were duped to believe that if we worked with a purpose to have the dollar, it'll allow us to feel a sense of freedom. But the contradiction was you're now working, earning your money, but you're still not getting paid your worth, which still carries on to today because I'm pretty sure my salary compared to my white counterpart, male counterpart, there has to probably be a double digit difference in the pay. And I can guarantee that only because I am a black woman and he is a white male and we have the same position and I have more education yet and still that's required for me because, you know, I have to go 10 times harder because I am a black woman to prove myself. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's always going to be a, a sense of favorites. But because I am the anomaly, there's insides that I'm able to see within that I'm able to share without. So let me tell you what I mean by that. There's things I'm able to see on the inside that allows me to be the change I want to see to be able to give this information to y'all today. So we've always been in a space of when it seems to when you get the dollars from the dollar, like Jordans or Gucci this and Versace that. And if you could drive in a Lambo, you got this money. If you have this big ass house with 14 bedrooms, you know, you you the person that's just needs to mad, have all the respect and Tupac said the best. Why the hell you got a whole eight bedroom, something on the lines of you got eight bedrooms in your house and three bathrooms, but it's only one you and you got people out here starving homeless. Yet and still you got eight bedrooms, but it's only one you. So what you need all them bedrooms for? You feel me? People always say to me like, oh, you got a two bedroom, two bath apartment for what? Like it's only one you. Well, actually one of them is my office and my workout area and my diva den because I do have my own sacred space in my space which is probably crazy to a lot of y'all. Like, why don't you just go in the living room? Living room is a communal area, which means if somebody comes over, they can be in that space because that's the communal space. My diva den is my space where a door gets closed and it's literally just me and my space where it's only allowed with me in it unless I invite you in. As the same with my bedroom. My bedroom is a place where I have my peace. So like, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset of just knowing like, it's mine. But in the same token, it's like, where do we go to know that it's okay to just have that support if we know the knowledge? Like we have, there's a, that's one thing, black people will join on every bandwagon, but coming together. We all want equity, but we don't want to do the research on how to get it. Because I swear to you, if we all came together and took the time to really read and understand and use the knowledge like I'm using now to educate our people, the force to be reckoned with because we are majority of the consumer would be endless. So I said before, assets minus liabilities equals owners equity. Assets, which I'm pretty sure y'all know are. Liabilities, I'm pretty sure y'all know are. But owners equity pretty much is the dividend between... How much of something that you have, and then when whatever you have, the value of that, 
what is the liability? Like, for instance, when you have a home, you have an amortization or a depreciation, which means depreciation means the value of the house over the years and what it's going to be worth after the original time frame. So let's say, for instance, my car. I'll give you an example. I bought my car in 2015 when it was fresh on the lot. It had five miles from test runs, right? But as soon as that car left the lot and got that first mile on the car, the value of the car depreciated. So if the car started off at 38000 now that car's probably like thirty-seven five because it it left the market. It it's now been used. So once that car leaves the lot, its now value has depreciated. Each time over the year, if the car was eighty thirty-eight thousand, let's say there's a price point of five percent or something that the value of the car depreciates five percent every year, right? So let's do the math. Car's thirty-eight thousand dollars. Is 5% worth, which means like every year, the value of the car diminishes by $1,900 alone. Now, mind you, there are other factors that are put into those implications of liabilities. Mileage, appearance, um, upkeep, which all determines the final, we could say, book value, because there's book value and there's fair market value or something, which means... What it is as a consensus across the board of what the value of the car would be now, as opposed to the book value of what the car is of the cost basis of now what it is as within itself because it's one particular car. Hopefully, y'all following me. So, 1900 So, I've had the car since 2015. 2015, it was probably a higher price point than it was now depreciating seven years later. So, seven years later now, for $1,900... The car's value has went down by $13,300, right? Okay. So $38,000 minus $13,300. Now the car's only worth $24,700. Now that's not including the dents, the bangs, the mileage, because I have 100, over 117,000 miles, because y'all know my ass they driving, where it's now not just that, but those are now part of depreciating facts. Depreciation expense now takes away the value, which makes it now of a liability because it's not going to be tip-top shape where it was in 2015. So now owner's equity is going to be exactly what it is. So the owner's equity of the value of that car now is $24,700, even though I bought it at $38,000. Y'all following me? So the same thing with the house, amortization. Amortization shows the house is worth $500,000 now, but over the years, the value of the house is going to depreciate because as we know, the older things get or the amortization, the more you're going to have to take off of what it's worth. And, excuse me. Unless you do something where you do upkeep, where you do add some assets to increase the owner's equity to make it more marketable. You see what I'm saying? That's when people are like, oh, when people move into this, this area, they're bringing down the property value of the community. Because if one house is modern and the rest are old-fashioned, don't I don't know shit about architecture. I'm just giving examples. If one's more modern and it's an old-fashioned type of uh, uh, neighborhood where now you're adding, um, let's say, for instance, pools and basketball courts and stuff in it, it might be more appeasing to have the property value go higher for the community, which means that when people sell, the amount of sale you could ask for over asking price because the value, you just increase property value, 
when they say that, oh, you're decreasing the value, it's like, let's say there's a black family that moves in a predominantly white neighborhood and they're in a cul-de-sac and there's a black family, but it's known to be a predominantly white neighborhood. It might decrease the property value because not many people might want to live around a bunch of black people. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down and understanding the whole process of amortization and assets, liabilities, and owner's equity. So as a, as a people, we don't have many assets, but we always have a lot of liabilities. Let's say credit card debt, um, that kind of situation where your owner's equity value is not as much. You know how when they say like, oh, you really can't do much without a credit report. Your credit report just shows that what you're able to buy, you're able to pay back. But they pretty much want to say that what you're able to put yourself in debt, we want to know that you're forever going to be able to pay. So they want that as opposed to have more liabilities than assets. Because assets means that you have more ability to be liquid. To be liquid is to have a monetary value where you can turn that asset into an actual dollar and convert the price of that actual asset to the price point of what that actual dollar is. So homes, um, real estate, property, uh, stock, those type of things that people like, they want passive income and investments. Those are the type of things that what they're talking about. Businesses. That's why people like so so big on businesses because a business is a proprietorship. Where they could be sole proprietorship or it could be an S corporation or it could be a limited uh, LLC. You know what I'm saying? So it makes a difference for you to know these type of things. So for instance, inheritance. Generational wealth for me, as I said before, has already been in my family since the 1800s. My great-grandparents owned 181 acres of land in South Carolina in the 1800s. They had nine kids. So if you divvy that equally, it's about three, uh, 18 acres about per child that they, they had. So each child had a piece of land. My grandmother sold part of her land so she could have it be liquid. But property within itself is within a value because that land is vacant. That means anything can, can be built on it to increase the value. The house my grandmother and my grandfather bought, they bought for $34,000 in the 1960s. The house is now worth $833,000. Mind you, this is the 1960s. We're only in 2022. The increase in the value of the property because it's such in a well-reserved area. It's above sea level, which if y'all don't know what that means, I don't, in real estate, that's a very big quality. It's in a quiet neighborhood in a suburban area where it's a nice mixture, but it's it's a three bedroom, two bath, a three bedroom, one and a half bath house. My mom increased the value by renovating the house and making it, let's say, senior a senior friendly. So the value automatically shot up of the equity and the assets of that that house because that was established when my grandmother and grandfather paid for that house, and the house is pretty much worth seven, eight, eight times over what it was. That's now an asset that's behooved to me because I'm a beneficiary. So God forbid something happens to my mom, that house becomes my house, okay? Same thing with my aunt. My aunt has no kids. I'm a beneficiary on her. So if something happens to her, it goes to my mother, then it next down the line is me. But there's an irrevocable trust. There's a revocable trust. There's a fiduciary trust. There are, um, I forgot the name of it, but my aunt has it. Oh, a pre-need where she has, where like when they pass away, what happens to all their assets Everything pretty much I inherit, which means instead of me having to go find assets, which means like buy a house and everybody's like, oh, why don't you buy a house? I'm not buying a house until I'm in a space where I know for a fact I want to be there. But if let's say I, God forbid, I have to go back to New York and something happens to my mom and my aunt, those houses are now in my name with the deeds turnover to me. And now they're a part of my assets. So my liabilities 
are probably going to be lower because I have higher assets, which means my owner's equity just shows how equitable I am in liquid when it comes to the value. So that's something that we're not privy to. And because we always get duped to thinking that it's all in renting and all these cars and shit, shit that have no true value in reality because they're not liquid, they don't amount up. It's like the brand supersedes the stability. Like back in the day, I don't know if y'all ever realized, but if y'all look at y'all dollars, it says a payable note. Look at any, any American dollar says a payable note. Back in the day, a payable note is pretty much an IOU. The dollars we literally physically have in our pockets are IOUs. They're just saying that you have something at the moment that you're able to use as a, a form to barter, which means you make a purchase, you, you get an exchange of whatever you purchase, other product, good or service. And then back in the day, they had actual dollar notes, like which to, I think values today, if I'm not mistaken, to $100, like a dollar back in the day, which actually like, had like a dollar that said it was a not a note payable, but an actual like dollar amount is like worth a hundred dollars because the value is not an IOU. It's an actual like substantiated dollar. So financial literacy is something that we're not known about because you're selling grandma's house the whole time. You could be getting money two times over instead of selling it rented because you'll still have taxes that you have to pay to the, the, the city and the state. But why sell something that's worth way more just because you want to have a quick value of a dollar just to blow through that money when you can literally make it an investment and turn it into a rental property and make money while everything's already paid off. You see what I'm saying? So like the chokehold and the prejudice and racism when it comes to assets and equity still shows to this day. Do y'all not remember when I always talk about redlining? They pushed us out of our great grandparents and grandparents and ancestors homes because they knew the value of eminent domain to push us out to be able to make infrastructure for them to make dollars on the same land that we rightfully owned and deserved. So let me put them in the projects. Let me put them in spaces where they'll have housing. I'll pay you this amount of money for your, your home just for me to have agriculture, but you're not going to be able to maintain that money because now I'm going to make sure that you're poor and that we get all the dollars. Look at what eminent domain is and look at why gentrification is happening. Pay attention to exactly what they're doing where they're having people sell grandma's house and all this other stuff because the value is more profitable for them where they make it more comfortable for them to make more money and make it a public space as it in a private space for you to have some type of owner's equity. This is what motivated me to become an accountant. This right here, learning this, watching my grandmother who only had a fourth grade education come from nothing to something, watching my grand or hearing about my grandfather who was a power trooper in World War II, where they made and literally established their roots for there to come from generation to generation because I'm the third generation, speaks volumes. My mother always talks about like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to sell the house. Hell, the hell you won't. I will rent out my grandparents' family house before I literally let my mother sell it. My dad had a foreclosure on his home because he wasn't paying his taxes. That was the family house that my grandparents left for him that he pretty much lost. And it was a nice house, too, guys. That would push me to know that if I don't take the proper steps to learn this financial literacy, especially like I told you, I was an AP kid. So I was always in spaces I wasn't supposed to be adversely and taking the knowledge that in conversations and rooms, if it was just me by itself, they wouldn't be had. But because I was placed in those classrooms, I was getting put onto game early to know, oh, nah, like business law is what I always said I wanted to do. 
oh, nah, let me go ahead and tap into this conversation to learn something that I know in a black classroom I wouldn't learn or know within, within casual conversations. They're not talking about stocks. I learned about stocks when I was nine. I started investing in stocks by the time I got my first job where, you know, normally they have employee programs to do stocks. I started, I had stock in Bilderberg early, still got stock. When I worked at Apple, they gave us stock, employee stock, still got my stock at Apple. You see what I'm saying? Putting my money where I have passive income, where I'm making money in my sleep, but I don't have to do much. Before it became a phenomenon, I was already hip to it because it's something that I was put in rooms and spaces to know what my average fellow black person is not going to know. Day Day from the block not going to know what Jess know, even though Jess be with Day Day on the block, but Jess is in the rooms that Day Day probably, they would look at him sideways like, what the fuck he here for? You see what I'm saying? Knowledge is power, but we got to stop gatekeeping it. This is why accounting mentorship programs, when they when I did it back when I was working at my first job out here in Charlotte, was privy for me. It was very, very pertinent for me because I have now fellow black accountants or people in finance who are in HBCUs trying to be the change they want to see. Do I get tired? Hell yeah, all the time being the only black person. Literally, I am the triple negative minority at my in my department. Not only am I the only black one. I'm a black female. That is a double minority in a space where I'm not supposed to be. But you know they got a quota, which I'm pretty sure I'm a part of. But it's fine because it looks good on my resume. But I always have to remind myself in the days when I want to quit, there's some little girl, little boy out there who needs to see that we're in these positions, who needs to know that you can be a senior accountant, that you don't have to just dream it. You could be it. Yeah, y'all know I'm a creative. I love art, but accounting came natural because I've always had a desire and passion and wanted to understand the background and numbers because if you think about it, the whole world runs on an accounting system. No matter how technologically advanced we get, nobody's never going to fully ever trust a machine to count their money. So I have job security for life. Same as a nurse and a doctor. You're going to always count on us, but a lot of these jobs that are becoming obsolete, and obsolete in, in the world, everything revolves around business. So why not take that opportunity by the balls and learn business? Hence why I went from poli-sci to an accounting major. Hence why I went from my master's in business administration with a concentration in accounting because business admin is what the world revolves around. When I started my business, don't nobody, and, and, but trust me, when I actually get a team, it'll be a little different, segregation of duties. But ain't can't nobody tell me how my money's being spent. I won't be in no Tyler Perry situation where the IRS is owing me millions of dollars because I know to double check, you got to prepare, you got a, a, a reviewer. And I'm going to get a second review because to make sure that we're not missing and all T's are, all T's are crossed, I's are dotted. You're not going to tell me that this this is not a bilateral 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 written contract where we both made an agreement to follow this contract to the T. And if somebody breaches the contract, this is what it's going to be. You see what I'm saying? Like, I am able to run my business, even though it's not where I want it to be fully yet. But because I know the backgrounds of business, I know what it is to have professionalism. I know what it is to personality gauge and to connect and having my target audience and how to be able to reach people that I want to be able to be my consumer or be drawn in. The way y'all drawn into this podcast is marketing. The way y'all drawn in is because I know exactly how to pinpoint to be consistent, to know when y'all going to listen, how much y'all going to listen, how much I should promote, when to promote it. 
who to tag in the process, who to have on. You see what I'm saying? It's strategy. Financially focused is a strategy. College debt is a joke. Because there was a point in time also when there was they weren't even taking taxes out of our paychecks. So we pretty much work. You pretty much go to school, take thousands of dollars in loans to only make about 23 to 33% of that back to still have to pay them over two times over at like 60%. For what? That's why a lot of people don't go to college. It's not a waste given that it shows that you're able to sacrifice. But why do you have to yet again put yourself in debt? Again, when I talk about this credit shit, that you're able to go ahead and have a debt that you're willing to pay because you have a piece of paper that says you're qualified to do something. Even though sometimes a qualification sometimes could be the same hindrance for you to get in the door to get the salary deserved. It's a mind game, y'all. How many times are funds misused and, and when it comes with refunds? Kids get refunds in college and want to spend it on weeds or concert tickets or vacations. Whole time, I never did that. Whatever money I had from my refunds went to the following semester. Hence why my debt is so low for college debt. Have y'all ever realized a lot of people who was out there splurging their refunds are people who are in debt because now you have to take out more money when you already had the money that you just could have put over to the next semester? Rather than just using it for the moment. Now, given there are circumstances where people have to use their refunds because that's what they live off of. But if you're just frivolously spending money, just whatever, like, let's really talk about it. Like, that's stupid. Use it for what it, it was intended for. Same way with I'm hearing niggas say, like, oh, if Joe give me that 20K, don't send me a check, da-da-da-da. No, I'm going to use it towards the debt to clear my name because... A credit score goes way farther than the dollar. That's what people, that's what we're not instilled. Your credit score can get you through more doors and opportunities than anything. My aunt has always had over 800 credit score. From where she rented boats, had boats, houses, RVs, minks, coats, whatever, right? But the fact is that credit score is going to unlock the doors for people to be like, oh, here, you can have it. The access like white privilege. Like, you can have this. Financial planning is key, people. So start, if you have kids, start savings accounts early. My mom had an insurance policy out on me by the time when I first came into the world. For Gerber Life Insurance, I've had the same insurance policy since I came into the world. My mother was an insurance adjuster. So her having financial literacy early, my aunt having it, them being educators and knowing that they weren't going to always have and educators were never paid that much is why they're sitting lovely now. My mother is very well off. My aunt is very well off. They're like white women. They only spend money when necessary. And that was another part of motivation for me to become an accountant too, because their financial planning, impeccable. My grandma's financial planning, impeccable. The way I ain't going to have to do nothing when they pass away is crazy to me. But that develops the generational wealth. This is what creates the generational wealth. This is what allows kids to not be put in debt. So if you do start early for, let's say, having a savings account for kids, because that's what something you're able to have, or, you know, debit cards that they have for children for them to learn what it is. Like, when I got my first job, my mom always made it clear, like, start a savings account. Take 5% of your paycheck and put it into a savings account and build it that way. Like, always pay yourself first. That is the number one rule to financial literacy. Pay yourself first. Even, yeah, you're going to have to have bills and stuff, but pay yourself first and put money in a savings account because that's for you. You have to survive. And there might be rainy day funds, but you should have a rainy day fund and a savings. There should be a save rainy day fund where account where it's liquid enough where like I could just spend the money and then there should be one that should be untouched. Like I have a savings account 
for that's an electronic bank only where once it leaves my account, I can't touch unless I transfer. And who wants to wait for their money? Me. I don't. So I don't really touch the money. So it literally just builds up and accumulates interest. Like, we have to do better. We have to take the time, those of us who are in these spaces, um, who are who are in financial spaces or understand financial literacy outside of having to learn it, but actually are ones who are educated in it literally to use what has been provided. It's necessary. It's money, there's power, and there's respect. But sometimes don't let that power overshadow that that you know, that respect. Because sometimes you can get big-headed for no reason. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. Let's take some of these tokens and these gems I'm giving you. Always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I'll be sure to have a part two for y'all. Y'all stay blessed.